From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It is episode two of Inside Texas High School Soccer. I am your host, Coach Hector Cano, joined by the Obi-Wan Kenobi of Texas High School Soccer. Here he is, Mr. Papa Soccerites himself. Coach Rafa, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. How was your Christmas? Merry Christmas, man. It was good. It was good. It was extra quiet, which is always a good thing, especially for coaches, right? Um, that's always a good thing. And <clears throat> Safety-wise, players, everything—you always worry about that as well. But being able to spend the downtime with the family was really good. So love that. How about yourself? Good, yeah, just here with my my brother and my mom, spending some time. I'm here in Del Rio, so that's you can kind of see the yeah. little darkness here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm doing it here from my mom's living, um, dining room area. So, good old, uh, good old Del Rio. How is Del Rio? How is it? Is it usually warmer there than it is here in San Antonio, right? It's it's been cold. It was like 36 last night, and yeah, yeah. just I, I've been I actually been sick with all this uh, allergies. Uh, the mountain cedar. Finally today, I'm kind of like I don't really have much congestion, so so glad glad today was a day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome, and again, we are proud uh, proud to be brought to you by our proud partners, uh, NSR National Scouting Report. They are the world's leading authority on all athletic recruiting. You can get more information on them on their – you can find them multiple ways. You can find them on Twitter at NSR Now. You can also find them on Instagram at NSR-Now as well as uh, – underscore now, I should say. As well as on their website, you can get more information on what they're about and the many great things they're doing at NSR-Inc.com. So, all right, man. So, uh, what have uh, – besides Christmas, uh, I know you've been out and about. Tell us a little bit. Uh, some of you got to see some action some covering some Texas high school soccer abroad outside of the greater San Antonio area. What was that like? Yeah. So I got to see actually the kickoff kind of over here at, on the border had a, went to a girls game. It was a the Dover Queens versus over to Martin lady tigers. Uh, pretty com- competitive game. Like I said, I don't know, I don't know the Queens won four to zero, uh, but that Martin team was very scrappy. They had some good, I mean, they had some shots on yeah. goal. That it, yeah, yeah. I think if they had landed a couple of them that, you know, maybe the game could have been a little bit different. So, right. um, so, so, you know, good luck to both teams coming out. I'm sure I know you're facing them pretty soon, uh, soon yeah. in, a, in, a, in a showcase. And, but, so, but it's a great start, you know, you know, actually, you know, to see fans out there, there, I know I talked to some of the fans, they were very eager to start of the season, looking forward to see what's going to happen, you know, this year. Right, right. Yeah, and excited, uh, definitely excited for a lot of stuff. Able to get our first first official match, my squad, our first official match of the season yesterday. So I'm grateful for that as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of things, a lot of great stuff. And on so on today's show, we got multiple things going on. So we have uh, – so Coach Coach Daniel Dollinger, he's going to be joining us shortly. He is the boys tournament director, as I understand it, uh, for the Frisco IMP Dr. Pink Invitational we will have also joining us later will be uh, Missy Whitman. She is the marketing coordinator uh, for the Allen Soccer the Booster Club program, but she's also the marketing coordinator for this new uh, 
Pep, uh, well, not new, but they got a new sponsor, Pep Boys Eagle Showcase, presented by Jason's Deli and Tropical Smoothie Cafe for Allen Allen High School. Great tournament there. So excited to be able to showcase and highlight some of these tournaments. Later on after that, we will debut, right, the new debut of the, the Rafa Power Index rankings. The If you're not familiar with those, those are, it's kind of a unique twist. We do not look at them. We don't separate them by classification. We just try to rank um, accordingly based upon, regardless of classification. So it's kind of a, a pound, for pine, pound for pound ranking, if you will, regardless of classification. So excited to see that unveiled by Rafa himself. Excuse me. And then after that, we will wrap up with our champions review, our 2023 champions review, where we will look at our six champions from last year, from 4A, 5A, and 6A. And we will also discuss uh, the interesting part is who we feel maybe given the information that we have, um, who is maybe most likely and least likely to repeat. So stay tuned for that one as well. So, but before we progress with any of that, we're going to go ahead and bring in the man himself, Coach Dollinger. He is the boys tournament director for the Frisco ISD Dr. Pink Invitational. Coach, how are you? Good. Great. Thank you guys for having me on today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for breaking away. We know you're, uh, we know you're, uh, got doing multiple duties, which what coach isn't this time of year. Right. But thank you for being here. So how's it going? Merry Christmas coach. How was your holidays? How's, how are the holidays aside from all the coaching duties? Hey, Merry Christmas to you guys too. Um, holidays have been great. It's just awesome to finally get home and rest and relax with the family and kind of hang out for a few days. Got to have my daughter back from uh, UT. She's a, she's nice. a freshman out there right now. And uh, just a chance to sit back and relax and enjoy some time off, you know, and also gives the players some time off. They were kind of excited to get back on the field yesterday. And like you said, we're out there today right now, kind of getting ready and prepped to play Byron Nelson. Oh, nice. Awesome. Now it's JV matches you got going on today. Is that uh, you know? all three teams are playing? So all JV two teams. finish up uh, and <laughs> JV's playing right now. And then varsity kicks off here in about 45 minutes. And official, official match, correct? Not the correct. whole kind of topsy-turvy, are we scrimmaging or are we playing for real? <laughs> we already played our alumni, so we don't want to go ahead. We'll just say this is the first official match for today yeah. uh, before, like you said, we get into the tournament tournament season, uh, you know, obviously with our Dr. Pink uh, right. this coming next weekend. And then we actually go into the Allen tournament the week after. So some yeah. good competition for us. Yeah. And and unfortunately, I know, Coach, and you'll correct me on this, is it Liris, Coach Liris? Is that yeah, right? it's is Coach Laris, Jamie Laris. Yeah, she, unfortunately, she was scheduled to be here. Unfortunately, couldn't. Uh, other other requirements, obviously, other obligations, which we completely understand. So uh, in any way, shape, capacity, you can speak to the girls' side as well, Coach. Feel free. But tell us tell us a little bit. Give us a little bit more insight about this Dr. Pink Invitational. Well, I mean, uh, we've been doing this tournament. This will be the 19th year uh, coming up for the tournament. Uh, there's only one time that we didn't do the tournament was during COVID. Uh, because we had a 10-team district, so we actually kind of our, – our ADs decided to push our season early, so that way if we had to cancel games because of COVID and do things mm -hmm. like that. Um, but like I said, we've been doing it for 19 years. We and uh, we try to invite as many teams as we can. We can usually, because of the the facilities that we have – I mean, we're, we're lucky to have the type of facilities where we can actually use the FC Dallas – uh, grass fields um, for the tournament uh, yeah. when the FCS championship game is not being played in Toyota Stadium. So we usually have nine, you know, state state of the art grass fields that we can mm -hmm. uh, use all at one location allows college coaches to come out and set up. We usually have anywhere from 20 to 30 college coaches coming out and uh, showing 
Uh, we put together rosters for them. We give them to the schedule uh, so that they're out there every single day, boys and girls, college coaches. Are, I mean, it's it's a fun atmosphere. I mean, we get to see guys from El Paso, Amarillo, Houston area, San Antonio area. We've had McAllen has come up before and played in our tournament. So uh, we try to invite teams from all over. Um, our school district, Frisco ISD, doesn't allow us to travel outside 100-mile radius. So they, oh, wow. they allow us to bring who we want in and we can host up to about uh, the most we usually try to keep in is about 30 boys, 30s, girls teams. So a max mm -hmm. of 60 teams around the state. Yeah. OK, awesome. That's yeah, it's interesting. The 100 mile radius. I hadn't heard that one before. Um, it's something they started a while back um, yeah. because they always said there's enough competition in the Metroplex especially for soccer. I mean, it's, that there is that there is. Yeah. So, so they go, ah, you don't need to go travel anywhere. They don't like us going out and spending money, you know, uh, with 12 high schools. I mean, that could, that could really kill the budget if, you know, you allowed that many mm. schools travel. So they, we run, I mean, all 12 high schools are playing in our tournament. So then yeah. that, you know, we're actually adding 18 to 20 more teams. Um, we got 30 boys teams this year. I think the girls teams have 25 this year. Uh, so, you know, there's a little bit of room to expand, but like I said, without the ability of having FC Dallas as our partner with what we do with Frisco ISD and having the Cowboys facility, um, the goal is is that we try to get at least six to eight games inside the Ford Center also mm -hmm. for the tournament. So any of these new teams that are in, we try to give them an opportunity to play in the Ford Center also. All right. Now, I know you mentioned it's been in existence for 19 years. How long have you been there or been associated with the tournament coach? This is all 19. So oh, oh, wow. okay. this is my 20th year in Frisco. So um, we uh, my we didn't start the tournament till the year after I got here. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, we, we, we've gone from 12 teams. You know, we used to do bracket style, knockout, and then try to play. Uh, and we would always have the finals. The finals would always play inside Toyota Stadium, inside the big main stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, but because of all the bowl games that we've had going on and because of uh, the FCS championship game, we're not allowed to play in the main stadium anymore for mm -hmm. the tournament. But now the Cowboys practice facility is something that we've added to it as, a, uh, as, as an opportunity for teams to come and play. So uh, I think we – I'm waiting to hear on the schedule. We don't always know till the week of when we can actually move teams in, but we always have games ready to go and scheduled in there if we do get to move them. Yeah, I think I know it's there located at the star. I think what are the Ford Ford Field, I think is that what yeah. they call it? Like the, the star or the Ford Center. Yeah, the Ford Ford Center. There you go. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's that's a pretty cool little experience too as well for oh, the, yeah. Definitely those teams coming the from from outside the area for sure. Yeah. Um, and like if those those we we get a try to run a deal a little bit uh, with the Soccer Hall of Fame also being at Toyota. So these teams mm -hmm. from El Paso that have never had an opportunity to see things that they can actually come in. Uh like I said El Paso, Houston, Amarillo, San Antonio. I mean, we get teams from all over and we're thankful that those school districts allow them to travel so that we can actually play that type of competition. Yeah. So um so give us let us peek behind the curtain a little bit here coach. Tell us just logistics. So obviously we know it's showcase format, right? But schools that are maybe interested or the key questions that you usually get in terms of number of games, layout, divisions, what have you, what does that, you know, what are the particulars on that front? So because it is showcase format, there's some teams that like, obviously if you're coming 12 hours from El Paso, those coaches and those schools like to play as many games as possible. So we'll usually schedule them a Thursday Thursday afternoon, evening game, and then they'll play two on Friday, and then they play Saturday morning as early as possible so they can get back on the road. 
So anybody that's traveling seven, eight, nine hours, we want them on the road. So again, because of the flexibility and the facilities that we have, we can actually play them at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m., get them on the road and get them home so that they're not not playing at one or eight in the after evening on a Saturday and then having to travel into Sunday. I mean, we don't think that that's fair for those teams uh, to be able to have to do that. Um, so there's coaches in the Metroplex that would rather play one game a day so that they can play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Teams that want to play four games, I'll schedule them a fourth game. They know that they'll play two on Friday, one on Saturday, and then we'll try to get them home. So it's the reason why we leave it at showcase format. Um, plus, the way we look at it is if I played somebody last year or within the last two years, we try our best not to schedule you. So that way you're seeing fresh teams. We don't play, um, obviously, with 12 Frisco schools, we won't play a Frisco versus a Frisco team in the tournament uh, or unless we split district. Uh, we might do a district nine versus a district 10. Mm-hmm. But we were able to not have to do that this year with uh, the schedule the way we have it. Now, the layout in terms of the body, you know, the – the tournament field, if you will, or the showcase field on both, on both the boys side and girls side, is that, uh, is it predominantly five, a little bit of six, a four, a sprinkled in, what does that look like? Well, it's usually, uh, mostly five, a with some six, a's, uh, sprinkled in. Um, like I said, we've had like El Paso East Lake, which is a six, a powerhouse. Um, uh, we got, uh, Plano West is coming. Flower Mound is coming to play this year. Kingwood from Houston's coming to play. So we'll take some six A's. I mean, obviously you've seen that Wakeland being in our district has gone to state, you know, uh, five of the last six years, Lone Star won state last year. So, I mean, we do, uh, the Frisco schools usually like playing some of that better competition. So that way it kind of gets us ready for our own district. Right. Yeah. Now, the, the other part about peeking behind the scenes is give us a breakdown of like logistically, <laughs> what does that look like, right? In terms of your side, Coach Lyris's side, just what is what does that entail in terms of just, I'm sure the, the army of supporters and volunteers to pull this off, sponsors, what have you, what does that, give us a little bit of a, of a breakdown of what does that look like? So we, we meet, we start planning this probably in April, right after the state soccer tournament, you know, start asking for teams if they want to come back. And then we start trying to fill in and doing that. So then, then we also reach out. Um, our ADs are really good. We met back in November and it's, we talk about it all hands on deck. So every, every school, if you're not playing, you're walking around, you're roaming around, you're helping teams, you're helping coaches. Uh, so, I mean, we all have a varsity assistant. We have a JV coach. We at least our varsity assistant or JV coach will probably be on site with the head coach at the same time. You know, um, our 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 principals will show up for AODs while we're playing. Our ADs will be involved. It's so I mean, it's it's we've gotten it perfected kind of since we're all at one location because we do have nine fields. that So we're all there. So it's easy for the trainers to whether they come and show up or we contract it out with uh, uh, children's children's will come and we'll contract it with them. And so they'll have plenty of trainers there. You know, we have people running and filling up water and making sure that water and injury ice is always on the field. So, I mean, our, our district, since, since we, again, like we said, we're not allowed to travel, they do a great job of making sure that we're supported, but mm-hmm. it takes it, like you said, it takes a village to be able to put this on. So, I mean, you're talking all 24 high school coaches are there at all times, you know, and then you add in a JV coach if they're not driving the bus and taking the teams back to the field is that we have a ton of JV coaches that are also helping out. And everyone is always very helpful. Everyone is, hey, what can we do? What do you need us to do? And it's like, hey, go sit on a field, 
sit between fields, um, help coaches ask anything. We're there to help with the officials also. Um, we ask all the booster clubs is that we kind of split up the duties is making mm -hmm. sure that we have a good hospitality room for nice. the coaches, for the high school coaches and the college coaches. So we get everybody's booster club involved and they do a fantastic job of making sure that referees, coaches, college coaches are all taken care of. Mm -hmm. And how have you seen that evolve from the standpoint of the college coaches? Because, you know, as you know, so we just, for example, we just here, we just celebrate our three year anniversary here in terms of the podcast. And one of the things that has really stood out to me from when we launched in December, you know, December of 2020 to now, which was in the peak of the pandemic was since the pandemic is the number of college coaches, contrary to popular belief, the number of college coaches actually attending high school, um, high school matches, high school tournaments, uh, high school showcases. How have you seen that evolve over the course of these 19 years? So we started when we first started the tournament, we would always reach out um, and just let coaches know. And then all of a sudden more just started showing up. I mean, we probably start out with maybe a handful the first couple of years. And then, like I said, is that it kind of almost looks like a club showcase event. You know, when you're mm -hmm. walking around and you see college coaches just sitting there, you know, so it's really fun to kind of see that evolve. Um, we also down the street is Marcus has their elite showcase going on on the same weekend. So sometimes we'll see those college coaches bouncing back and forth because obviously you'll see some of the 6A schools over there in that tournament. But, you know, how often do you get to see an El Paso school? You know, how often do you get to see a Houston school? So that's why they kind of gravitate towards us. Like I said, usually we see about 30 uh, mm -hmm. college coaches at the tournament uh, because, again, you don't get to see. I, I think with you saying is that, you know, seeing some of these high school kids that you would never kind of reach out to, especially being out from the El Paso area or being from the Houston area, you might see them playing down in a showcase event. Uh, but then, you know, but you may never see an El Paso school that may not have the, those kids may not have the type of money, you know, to be able to do travel tournaments. So mm -hmm. they're playing high school and then you actually get to see some really good high school soccer. Right. I mean, you, you look back and I mean, everybody in our tournament, there's always boys or girls is in the state tournament. You know, we had Dripping Springs. Dripping Springs has been coming since Josh Hill moved down there. And he was in the state tournament two years ago uh, on the boys side. So, I mean, they know it's very competitive and they actually get to see some really good soccer. Right. It's that hospitality room, man. You want to bring in college oh, yeah. coaches, just give them food. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> uh, we, we, we try to keep them fed. I mean, there's always food in that hospitality room. We're always giving a lot of food away. Yeah. As it's a like, former, uh, yeah, as a former college coach, I can attest to that. Right. Hospitality rooms. Well, it's like, I mean, at the end of the at the end of the night, it's we don't want it sitting out overnight. So it's, right. as teams are walking off the field, we're handing them a pizza. It's like yeah. even the kids are like, oh, you want to be the last one off the field walking out. So. A lot of drinks, a lot of food going to even teams walking out. Right. Awesome. Rafael, you got anything for Coach Dollinger? Uh, Coach, any, anything in the future, maybe expanding to uh, maybe teams from out of state, the 10 year tournament? Have you guys looked into that? I know some of the other area tournaments have done, invited some, I know like NEPS has invited some teams from out of state. Are you guys looking forward to maybe doing that in the future? So we have, and it, it all becomes with contacts. I've met some guys over the years doing, because not only do I coach, I also referee. So I've done some tournaments where, uh, like, I've gone to South Carolina for President's Cup to referee. I've done some regional stuff also. And uh, we actually had, I've had, it, it's, it's again, it's very expensive, but we had a private school from Miami come in 
a couple years ago, not only did he bring his varsity, but I was able to hook him up with a JV tournament to where his JV was also playing really close to us in the Carrollton's Farmers Branch tournament at the same time. So, yeah. you know, we would love to reach out, but again, it's price. Is it cost effective? I mean, we don't have the funds to be able to subsidize and help teams like that being able to mm -hmm. come in where certain like, you know, obviously with football is that they can actually fly teams in. So we don't have that ability to be able to do that. So it's, is somebody willing to spend the money to come in and be able to play? Right. Right. Awesome. No, oh, well, so, so it's not, it's not a no, right. It's just a kind of an ongoing thing. Have to do yes. kind of a case by case basis. So oh, yeah. yes, definitely. I mean, we would, if, if a California team or somebody wanted to come in and play as a, we would schedule them. And I mean, like, I, like you said, is uh, we have some really good competition to be able to put them up against too. you know, some of the top teams in the state of Texas. Yeah. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, coach, just give us a little bit more information, insight, you know, if, whether it's a college coach, you know, how, how can they reach out? How can, how can they get more information on your upcoming showcase or high school coach that might be interested in the future? Where can they get more information to follow the Dr. Pink Invitational this year or if they want to attend in maybe in the future? So we'll have it. Um, it's on our website. It's on our district website. Uh, they, they'll put the tournament. We do live scoring on there. Obviously, we do it as a Google sheet so that it's constantly being updated. Uh, we put it out on Twitter. Frisco ISD Sports will also put it out on Twitter at the same time or whatever X now, not Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll put that information as college coaches have signed up over the years. We keep a record. So it's like a Google form. We let them sign up if they're interested. Then we'll give them access to all the rosters if coaches turn in a roster. And then with on that roster that we have the coaches turn in, there's always like a contact number. There's always an email address or whatever. But those college coaches aren't afraid. I've seen them all just walk up and ask a coach, hey, do you got a roster? And then they'll talk to them. I've seen them sit after games and talk to coaches and ask mm -hmm. about certain players. Awesome. You know, so I think that's always just making sure these coaches understand what's going on. We tell our players um, to make sure that you have your information up and ready uh, if you want to be able to go play in college. Um, so that way, you know, I always meet with my team ahead of time, you know, prior to the tournament. Hey, who wants to go play? Who's looking? Where are you looking? What are you thinking? So that way I can also give that information to coaches at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think we've always had talks is that we would love to maybe on a Wednesday night is offer a, offer a field and maybe teams that are in town or in town teams that if college coaches want to come in and have like a little showcase practice, you know, uh, so that way coaches would then be able to get to look at kids and get to look at players, mm -hmm. not in just the tournament format, you know, kind of like how they do it. Like sports source always has a day of where you come out and practice. We would love to offer that. You know, mm -hmm. I think we've had discussions, but it's just a matter of finding the right contacts and the right people that would be willing to do that. Right. Right. And final question I have for you coach is, so I've always kind of been curious, right. From the standpoint of help, help me understand. I've been places I've been, I've been lucky enough to have a, tournament director or assisting or having an assistant there um, that was overseeing part of the tournament. So from your perspective, right, you have you're the tournament director, you got all these moving parts, a lot of people that are looking at you for answers, and then you still have to get your own squad on the field and and coach, right, and and play. How do you how do you feel? Do you feel like the match itself for your squad is is an escape <laughs> temporarily from all the other logistical stuff? And and obviously you have a great, as you said, you have a great, a tremendous support staff there. But how does that feel in terms of 
is it harder to be able to concentrate on the games and what you want to do during the tournament because of the tournament? How do you handle that? So it's, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without some great assistant coaches. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got two really good guys because uh, I actually even my JVs go and play in the Carrollton tournament during our tournament. Uh, so they they get the team back and forth from school to the fields so that I just have to be there. I just walk over and then I get going, you know, so that way I can be walking around on the field. So without really good assistant coaches to be able to do that and to help out is that I don't think I would be able to uh, be able be able to just continue to run the tournament, but also, you know, make sure that my team is ready and prepared. Mm -hmm. You know, it's but I also kind of like to let the team see, make sure that the captains are doing what they're supposed to be doing and making sure that the team is ready, fit, mentally prepared. So that way, you know, it's there's going to be times where there might be a hiccup within the season. So I also kind of like to use it as an opportunity to see how the how the players respond with yeah. me not always being there or not being around. You know, let my assistants, like I said, I got great assistants that kind of help out and making sure that the teams are ready. Awesome. He is Coach Daniel Dollinger, the head men's soccer coach of Frisco High School and also the the uh, men's tournament director for the Frisco ISD, Dr. Pink Invitational. Coach, this has been great. Really love your time, your accessibility. We know you're trying to you're balancing literally multiple things right now as we speak. So we're going to go ahead and let you go. But thank you again for your time and consideration. Okay, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for letting me be on here today and good luck this year, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. Likewise. Have a good one. Thank, thank you. you. All right, bud. What you think? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, I know that tournament's been going for a while. They've got some some of the some of the top teams in Texas have gone there, especially like I didn't know it was 19 years though. I thought <clears> for some <throat> reason yeah. I thought it was like 10-ish, 12-ish, you know, somewhere about there. I didn't know it was 19. Yeah. yeah, especially with all those Frisco schools, you know, trying to schedule all of them to elite and again, mm -hmm. just juggling to have them not play against each other. Um, I'm sure that's a tall task to to do, but uh, you can see how well organized that tournament, that showcase is, and uh, great opportunities to have those college coaches there too at a, at a world class <laughs> facility there with the FC Dallas. So that's a and that's a good thing having a partnership with FC Dallas. You know, maybe yeah, yeah, you know, awesome. some of this. Some of the, you know, maybe area school districts like in Houston or in San Antonio maybe need to reach out to some of those proteins that kind of maybe make a same model type of showcase for that because I think that will be one way to really kind of spread, you know, not only only the, the proteins brand but also the high school brand too as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's – and I was I was going to ask you, <laughs> I know normally in the past you see pictures, right, of them at the, the Ford mm -hmm. Center there playing in the field. I was going to ask him on that, and then he mentioned it. So, because I didn't know how they how they balance that, right, and in place of with FC Dallas. So, pretty cool, you know, pretty cool relationship there as well. And uh, unfortunately, Coach, you know, Coach Leros couldn't join us, uh, the, you know, the women's tournament director there uh, for um, Dr. Pink Invitational, but we uh, hope all is well. And uh, thank you for your uh, – she would have been here, so thank you as well, Coach. Um, so – all right, at this time, so we jump from high, highlighting one tournament, so we're going to go to an, to another, and we're going to go ahead and bring on, she is <laughs> Missy Whitman, the, make sure I get this right, ma'am, the marketing coordinator <laughs> for basically everything uh, that's Allen's soccer, right? So I'm going to brag on her a little bit, but she's here to talk to us about the, so Allen High School's the Pet Boys Eagle Showcase presented by Jason's Daily and Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Did I get that right? 
You did. It's a mouthful, right. isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Welcome. Yes. How are you? I'm doing good. A little nervous, but glad to be here. No, I love that. I love that soccer. background. I love that background. You like that? You like yeah, that? That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So, Showcasing uh, some of our spectacular seniors that we've got on the field this year. Absolutely. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. So thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and soon to be happy new year, as you can tell by the background for those of you watching or that are watching the video portion of this podcast. We kind of got the little uh, happy new year background going here as well. So all right. Talk to us. I don't know where to begin with the monstrosity that is this one. So tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about the um the the showcase, the tournament. What is it? I know, I know we got 138 games, 92 teams, five fields, three days. Those are the initial numbers, but give us a little bit more insight to that. Well, so I did a little digging, and the actual first showcase tournament in Allen started in 2008, And it was a joint showcase between okay. Allen and Capel, which I didn't know. I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then the next year we separated off and it was solely managed under the former head coach of Brian Hantak. And from then that's where the Eagle soccer showcase um, came to fruition. And, um, and we've been growing it ever since then. Originally we would have about 40 to 50 schools. And as you just mentioned this year, we have grown to 92 teams. So about 2,750 athletes going to be descending upon Allen wow. here in about two weeks. Say that again. How many? 2,700? We're estimating 2,750 athletes. <clears throat> um, men's soccer only from mm -hmm. um, JV2, JV1, and varsity. And out of the 92 teams, 34 of them are varsity ranked teams. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Um, so it, now how long from your perspective, because I know you gave me a little bit more insight in terms of, mm -hmm. in terms of your sons yesterday when we spoke, but um, what, how long have you been associated directly or indirectly with this event? So our showcase, um, well, actually in 2016, we have a new head coach, Kim Fullerton came on and he took over the men's soccer program and he actually handed the booster or the showcase off from a head coach responsibility and gave the management and logistics solely to the booster club. Um, so the booster club runs and manages the showcase from this point forward. So we're only a part of it for four years. So this will be my fourth year. My son's a senior. And then, you know, we graduate out. But during the course of the whole four years, we do train freshmen, sophomore, and junior parents to be able to kind of pick up what we started and implemented. And then they can take it and, you know, continue to grow and develop it um, from year to year. Awesome. So over those four years... Um, and obviously, as I told you yesterday, there are, you know, there are no, there are no dummies there. They picked the right person in you, <laughs> given your background, right? Um, yeah. But over the course of those four years, how have you seen this particular event evolve? Well, for us, my freshman year was a COVID year. So it was a little different for us. Um, the showcase, we only had 18 teams. They were only varsity. So it was very limited back in 2020. Um, in 2021, we got to get kind of right back where we were. Um, the first show, you know, we started doing a showcase program. Um, you know, that got implemented. In 2022, the showcase actually grew to 64 teams and we expanded to four fields. Um, and last year in 2023, um, just just the magnitude of, of what we've done. We ended up growing to 75 teams from 64. 
we started introducing title sponsors, presenting sponsors. We introduced booth vendors at the main Eagle Stadium. Um, like Toka Soccer is a good partner for us. They bring a soccer simulator. Um, Pet Boys has been an amazing um, supporter of Alamance Soccer. The U.S. Army is there. Um, so it, it's a pretty big deal. It's pretty exciting. And then, you know, of course, this year we got 92 teams. We're adding food trucks. We have title sponsors, you know, Jason's Deli. We partnered with them to help feed all the players. And we have hospitality rooms, too, <laughs> filled with food. Um, like I said, we have, you know, several locations. So we and Allen Independent School District, obviously, you're familiar with the state-of-the-art stadium that we have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have hospitality rooms there. Then we have the high school track stadium, which is just across the street. Then we have Lowry Freshman Center. We have two fields there. And then we have Curtis Middle School. And all the fields are turf, so we'll play rain or shine. And, you know, the only thing that's going to stop these boys from sitting on the field is if it gets too cold and UIL tells us we can't play. So um, it's, it's it's a pretty amazing event. So mm -hmm. it's awesome. And we're excited to yeah. to be growing every year. Man, it sounds like everybody's there, I think, except the 50-50 podcast this year. Wow. I'm just. Well, hey, you know what? I know somebody that can let you in. The booth hey. is upstairs. You can <laughs> sit there up with go. all the recruiters. Yeah. And this is a this is a recruiting event as well. So mm -hmm. we actually invite every single um, college program in the state of Texas that has a men's soccer program. Mm -hmm. Every single one of those colleges is invited as well as um, New Mexico, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma. And so we also have, have a big set of recruiters that come in. Uh, some of them let us know we're there and some prefer their anonymity and, and mm. don't wanna be acknowledged. But we, we do have quite a few that are sitting up in the press box and, and, and enjoying the tournament all three days. Now, from your, I'm curious, from your perspective, right, your knowledge, right, as far as you know, mm -hmm. have you seen that number in terms of college coaches in attendance, at least that are letting it be known that they're there? Have you seen, has that number held steady? Has it grown over the course of the four years you've been associated with this event? Where, where have you seen that in terms of that evolution? So unfortunately, with being just a Booster Club member, mm -hmm. I am not always privy to all those details. Last year was the first year I actually sat up in the press box um, since we had all the other booth vendors and sponsors. You know, I tried, you know, I stayed in the press box, so I was able to keep an eye on everybody and make, you know, hospitality and, you know, customer service on on our, our sponsors and stuff like that. But there were a lot of uh, recruiters that were up in the press box, but as from year to year, I personally can't give any feedback on that because last year was the first year I was in the press box. But I do know that we have about 15 to 20 that are confirmed this year that nice. have told us they were coming. I mean, like I said, we do have a lot that don't want anyone to know that, you know, they're there. We have 92 teams. That's a lot of players and coaches. So, Right, right. Um, so give us, give us a little bit more. So let's go back to the actual weekend, the weekend of the event. What are those, uh, what are those dates, times, and locations? Um, so our tournament starts January 11th and it runs through the 13th. We have games starting at eight o'clock in the morning and end at eight o'clock at night. Um, and like I said, they're all in Allen Independent School District. They're all within a, a really short radius of each other. Like I said, Eagle Stadium, which is where all the varsity games are going to be played. Right. And some varsity games do spill over into the high school track field, which is where the rest of the JV1 teams will play. And then Lowry Freshman Center, um, as you know, Alan is so big, we have a separate freshman center to, yeah. to house students. So 
we have a couple, we have actually three fields over there, but we're going to play on two fields, the main Old Eagle Stadium and then the Lowry Freshman Practice Field and then Curtis Middle School, which is just down the street. Awesome. Good stuff. Rafa, you got anything for Missy? The the planning of this this whole tournament. Uh, what is this? When does it start with you guys? Like when you go like, hey, let's get this, let's get the going, send the invites and so forth. So I think everybody starts at a different time. I'm a little extra. So if you ask our booster club people, they're they'll probably shaking their heads if they're watching. Um, when it comes to like sponsorships and advertisements and different things like that, um, really, now that we're doing title sponsors and presenting sponsors, we start, you know as soon as the showcase is over. Um, food trucks, we start soliciting pretty early now that we've started doing that. Um, the coaches, you know, they start working, you know, around the same time, you know, after state, they start inviting teams back. You know, again, we also have teams that come in from El Paso and Woodlands and Tyler and, you know, all of our teams are five, six, eight teams as well. We don't have any anybody under 5A that, that plays in our tournament. Um, and then when it comes to like logistics, it's all hands on deck. You know, like I mentioned before, we have, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior and senior families that we all re require to kind of, you know, learn the ropes throughout the years. And everybody's given a venue. So we have our four coaches. We have our freshman coach, our JV coach, our assistant coach, and our head coach, and everybody picks a venue. So, you know, one will be at Eagle, Lowry, Track and Curtis. And then we have our other um, designated showcase committee volunteers that, you know, man up at each one to, you know, help support the coaches in that aspect. And then every single booster club parent that is in the program is expected to volunteer. We actually have 146 volunteer spots throughout the three wow. days that consist of over 550 hours. And that doesn't include the executive membership um, board and the committee leads who pretty much are there nonstop from sunup to sundown, yeah. um, really starting uh, Wednesday evening, loading in all the booth sponsors and food trucks and logistics and stuff like that. Oh, I love all the data, all the numbers. You came prepared. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, so where can we, so whether it's a college coach that is may, maybe available or is interested in more information in, to attend, Missy, or, or maybe a current high school coach that isn't there but might be interested to go there in the future, mm -hmm. where can they get one, where can they get more information on the actual event? And then also where can they, or will it be trackable as far as results, all that kind of stuff? Where can they get, where can they get that information? All the information that we have regarding our booster club and the men's soccer program is on our website. And we hit the mother load on securing the website for the soccer team. It's actually alleneagles.com, uh, which is the best <laughs> handle that you can get for a website URL. I'm surprised the independent school district hasn't tried to buy that from us, but we're, we're, we're holding a, a good grasp on that. But we do live scoring and standings throughout the tournament. As soon as a game is over, um, each venue will actually message in to um, our website um, developer and creator, and he'll automatically go in and start putting up the scores. We are showcase format ran as well, and we do, um, you know, um, overall MVP, defensive player, um, showcase champions, best goalkeeper, and they're based on points and different stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, everything is online. You want to, you know, contact us and reach out. You want to take more teams or you're interested in coming and watching. You've never been a part of such a, a, a large event before that's been booster club ran and organized. 
just hit us up on our website at www.alleneagles.com or you can see them here. Our Twitter handle is AHS uh, underscore B underscore soccer. We always do live feeds on there as well, um, all our home games and, and away games, stuff like that. So awesome. pretty acceptable. Great stuff. And uh, one last uh, one last is usually what we do normally with our, our guests that we have for extended periods, right? We give them the opportunity to kind of, we call stoppage time, right? Any shout outs, thank yous, anything they want to share, uh, we give them the opportunity. So the floor is yours. Well, I just want to thank our Booster Club executive board. Um, we have the most amazing leadership team. And I think that our Booster Club, we're such a tight knit family. I think that's how we can have such a successful event. And our head coach, Kim Fullerton, really has a lot of faith in the Booster Club to just feel like, you know what? Run it, run it, make it successful. Um, and this is our biggest fundraising event that we have as well. It costs about twenty-four to $25,000 to $30,000 to run this tournament. And at the end of the day, we do end up profiting about 15 to 20 grand. And um, that goes back into the Booster Club's profits, which mm -hmm. we use for the senior scholarship. It pays for tournaments, you know, catapult trackers and different things like that. Um, I would also like to thank Pet Boys. They have been an amazing supporter of men's soccer. You know, they, you know, donating pallets of water and, and you know, just gatorades and drinks and all that kind of stuff and then jason's deli for the hospitality room at tropical smoothie cafe they'll be having food trucks out there as well um we just have a lot of amazing supporters and we're very grateful yeah gotta have that hospitality room squared away that is yeah. like the number one thing right? <laughs> i love the hospitality room <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no doubt <laughs> yeah that's a great way to attract pro you want to attract programs attract and attract yeah. coaches that's how you do it that's how you do it yeah. So, well, they are definitely lucky to have you, Missy, and we're grateful for your time. Thank you for the uh, your accessibility and being available, and we want to be respectful of your time. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up, but thank you again, and we wish you so. Wish you the absolute best with this event, and then I know you said you're about to graduate out as well, so wishing mm -hmm. your, your son's program the absolute best this year and future endeavors as well. That one's mine. Wait, that one. <laughs> <laughs> the the, uh, back there. Go, I was gonna say goalkeeper. I was like, okay. Yeah. Awesome. I like. <laughs> but if right. you guys want to head out to the showcase, just you got my cell phone number. Send me a message. I'll get you up in the press box. It'll be a good time. I would love to. I'm gonna. So my squad's gonna be in a showcase as well that weekend down here in San Antonio. So unfortunately, no, I can't. But uh, I don't know. Maybe Rafa. Maybe we can send it off out there, right? Yeah. Next year, you should be in our showcase. Hey. Hey. Oh. <laughs> hey. We'll take you. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Missy. Have a Thank great day. Bye-bye. You. you too. Bye-bye. Twenty-seven hundred man, <laughs> twenty-seven hundred players. That's like all that over a hundred and forty volunteers. That's pretty pretty phenomenal. Pretty phenomenal. <clears throat> so. Thoughts on that one? Uh so you can tell that's great. It's a, it's gonna be a great tournament this year, especially with all those teams. And then also they they expanded it. Not only is just varsity, but you also have your JV teams, and mm -hmm. <clears throat> gives a, those JV kids an opportunity to get looked at by some of those college coaches as well to kind of like an early jump on recruitment. Um, but like I said, I, th I think the big thing is you know playing at that uh, at the Eagle Stadium. I know you know the yeah. just being at that stadium. I'm sure the the kids that go there are kind of like an awe being in that just there to get getting an opportunity to play there so i'm, I'm sure i'm i'm mean, look i've read stories about the about you know football games there but mm -hmm. I'm sure it's the same thing with the soccer game there too 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and they're properly, properly supported with good, you know, good partnerships and good mm -hmm. sponsors as well. So I know that that always helps. That really does in terms of maximizing the things you want to do for, for an event like that. So, um, so speaking of, uh, speaking of partnerships and sponsors, so I want to tell you about our good friends at Gipper. So Gipper is the way that schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join over 3,000 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part? Anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. And as we always mention, if you do have significant design experience, then this is also designed for you as what they call the power user. So it just, make, it just gives you endless amount of options. Um, and you get to save just for being a 50-50 podcast supporter and listener, you get to save. So any listener, any supporter, you receive 10% off any first-time Gipper purchase. Simply visit gipper.com slash partner slash 50-50 to learn more. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 50-50. And we'll also tell you about our good friends at Global Scarves. Global Scarves is a top provider of custom-knitted scarves, beanies, and other fan merchandise in the U.S., all merch is fully custom with free design services and free shipping on all orders. You can contact them at info at globalscarves.com to get, to get any free designs or quotes built out for your school club, or maybe you have a supporters group. You want to create something new, right? You can do that with, uh, you can do that with them as well. Again, you can contact them at info at globalscarves.com to get any free designs and quotes. Big part of that too is the the free shipping, right? So they're phenomenal, right? Kyle, Kyle and Bill, there. Uh, we've had them on the podcast before. We've had Kyle on the podcast before. Just a great, just a great, just phenomenal company. Cannot cannot brag on them enough. Um, so again, you can contact them at info at globalscarves.com. and you can also use mention the podcast or use the code hashtag fifty fifty pod, and they'll be sure to take care of you. So. I was uh, I was waiting for you to bust out the uh, oh you don't have it there though right you don't have the scarf no. there <laughs> no no all good all good all right so um, why don't you tell us while I go ahead and bring this up for maybe our new listeners uh, that are plugging in for the first time Rafa tell them a little bit about the RPI as I load this here so the RPI is basically a, a kind of like what they do in the boxing world pound for pound the best of the best here in the state of Texas. You know, I don't just do like, separate 4A, 5A, 6A. It's going to be all together. You know, we're recognizing the top programs in the state of Texas. Um, just kind of doing the research, you know, these last few weeks, you know, just trying to get a, a feel of things. And also what they did last year, too, and then also what they're bringing back this year. Um, it, it took a while. Um, I know with the girls, even the the last two years, especially with the girls, it's it's been tough, you know, because mm -hmm. you've got so many – I mean, I could say there's probably 40 teams that can probably be in this list, but I can't put all 40, 40 teams in it. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, it's a great, I think it's a great, it's a great format. I think in, when mm -hmm. we first introduced it, um, was it, I think in season two, right? I think is when we introduced it, right? Um, it was just a way where we felt where now granted it's preseason, right? We're just entering the season. Yeah. You always take this with them. It's, you always take this with, you know, with a grain of salt, just because, Obviously, there's you don't know injuries, projected injuries. Some players have opted out, opted out, maybe not to play. What have you? All, there's always other circumstances. So keep in mind, this is going off of based off of the information that we know, along with you know factoring in last year's results and who we know from certain rosters who they have coming back. Right? Did they graduate? 
two or three seniors? Did they graduate 15 seniors, right? That Those always play um, a factor as well. Plus, then we also, it's like, hey, did somebody get in a particular transfer? Did somebody get in, you know, do they have a, a super freshman class coming in? These are all factors that we always have to try to take into consideration as well. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and start off with the girls. And so, Rafa, go ahead and break down. Tell us about these first five here that we're seeing. Yeah, the first five, what can you say? Um, the the Metroplex has been kind of like the mecca, you know, the last few years when it comes to soccer, especially on the girls' side. Um, and this was a little tough, but, you know, I gave, as far as my top ranking, I gave the edge to Salino. I mean, you're back-to-back champs. Um, probably favored to three-peat again. Um, I know they really are challenging themselves. You know, this coming season, uh, I know last year they really challenged themselves. They were able to beat some quality 6A teams, which is, you know, going up two, you know, two divisions up to play and and, right. and convincing wins. I think I think the biggest win they had was against St. Ursuline Academy, which mm-hmm. is the top, one of the top uh, girls uh, private school programs here in Texas and, all, and also in the nation, too. So so I gave Salina the edge. Um, number two, Farrell Marcus, great run last year. Um, you know, everyone to knock off Salt Lake Carroll, they would, you know, seal the deal and get that 6A title. I think they'll be a contender again this year. They're like I said, they'll be one of the favorites. Uh, another third, I have Wiley East. Wiley East made a great run last year, and I'm sure that like I said, they'll, I think they'll be, they'll do it again out of you know, region two. Um, like I said, they're going to be the team to beat in that region. Uh, number four, I have Midlothian, Midlothian, you know, story program, like I said. Great, not a great run last year. I'm sure they're going to do a lot of great things there, there in 5A. And then at number five, um, uh, I have Salt Lake Carroll. I know they lost probably their, you know, their marquee player, you know, and, you know, Kenley Fuller, good luck to her there in North Carolina. I know she's just graduating early. Uh, but, you know, Salt Lake Carroll always find always has talent in the roster. They always find that, you know, that diamond in the rough, and I'm sure they'll be able to – I think they'll be motivated this year, you know, maybe even challenge. Like I said, I don't, I'm sure they would love to get that rematch with Marcus again, and, mm-hmm. you know, going into the, you know, going to get to the state tournament. Yeah. And, you know, I got to speak, I got to speak to their coach uh, down there <coughs> at the, you know, the Texas high school soccer coaches convention at Tasco. And uh, yeah, you know, I think it was, it was kind of one of those with, with, you know, with, with Carol, it's one of, uh, obviously we know they reload. Um, but even reloading, you're still losing a couple of players um, that are moving on in in Kennedy Fuller, to name one, uh, amongst others, right? There's others that would have just been, I think, uh, juniors, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's kind of – it's it's an interesting one with them, right, as they're kind of in transition, still obviously fully loaded in terms of talent, but still a transition, right? So how quick can they transition in terms of personnel? Um, you look at uh, – you know, Midlothian came on strong last year. Does that does that continue into this year? And then Wiley East has been steady, right? Steady. We've seen them kind of as a program gaining momentum, especially over the last probably the last two years. And then you have Marcus there, Marcus in the you know defending or one and two defending state champions at the four A and six A levels. Um, how does how does Marcus follow up last year's performance, right? And then, of course, Salina, right? Everything it, it got to speak to Coach Adams there at, in Galveston as well at Tasco at the Tasco Convention, and uh, yeah, another just another program that's loaded and reloads, 
they graduate phenomenal players and it's just it's next player up right next woman up and uh so yeah i know coach adams uh Coach Adams was uh, was showing off the uh, the championship rings this year, right? So shout out to Coach Adams. But uh, yeah, I think who can stop Salina is is going to be the the first question to start the year, and will be the question going into the playoffs for sure. So, all right, we look at six through ten now here, Coach. Yeah, six I have Georgetown. Uh, what a run they had last year! You know they got to oh, yeah, play. Yeah. You know. Got to play at their home stadium, just fell a little short. You know, we talked to the coach earlier, you know, a few weeks ago. I think they're motivated. I think they're they're keen on – I think they have that hunger to get back at it again. And you can kind of sense that they're ready to go. Uh, Ridge Point, what can you say about Ridge Point? Kind of like we, with Wiley East, Ridge Point's been that steady program down in the Houston area. They've really mm -hmm. built something there. And, and maybe, this is their, maybe this is their year to finally, you know, they get the crown, so keep an eye on them. And then you have Frisco Wakeland, uh, down year for them last year, but you know, yeah. not to where their where their standards is at. You know, normally we see them, you know, in, you know, in Georgetown. But like I said, I, I think they'll bounce back. They're going to be up there. You know, they're going to probably be a challenger against Melothian, uh, Allen. Like I said, Allen, great squad, great program. So just. Some, in you know, that Dallas area also gets some battle tested. And then down in our in our area, Swinson Valley. You know, what you can say about Swinson Valley, they had another great uh, had a great run last year. It's a little short, but like I said, uh, they'll be ready to go again. Uh, and I think they'll catch up for region four for five. I think they'll be at the top program. Yeah, yeah. You know, you talked about Coach Venegas in Georgetown and a phenomenal run, right? All of these, you know, look at these teams here. Um, six, seven, six, seven, and ten. Uh, can't recall. I don't think. It, yeah, no, not Ellen, but six, seven, and ten were all in Georgetown last year in the state tournament, right? So phenomenal run by you know how does how does Coach Venegas follow up? How does he get them to follow up last year's performance? Uh, we had him here um, on uh, episode one, actually, of Inside Texas High School Soccer. So um, wishing him the best of luck. Ridge Point as well. Ridge Point, yeah, very, very. It's a great uh, comparison with Wiley East. Just have been steady, have been building momentum. So yeah, uh, and then you know you got Allen there, of course, which they're always going to be dangerous. And then Smithson Valley coming off of a historic season, right? Their best best season. Coach Adkins had them deliver. He, they delivered their best their best season in program history, and losing to the eventual champion in Grapevine. So how do they follow that up? I know he's he'll tell you he's in the middle of a of a rebuild after the number of seniors, the great class that he graduated. But they're you know they're going to be well coached, and you know they're going to he's going to have them ready. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, and we look at our final our final five coach eleven through fifteen. So eleven through fifteen. So I have Stephenville at number eleven. I said last year they made it to the final. Um, not the ending they wanted against, you know, we were actually anticipating, you know, the, you know, after Sonic got taken a little bit to the limit by, Bert, by Bernie and we thought maybe Stephenville might be able to figure them out. And, but it, it just it didn't turn out that way, but I'm sure, you know, they're looking forward to seeing getting back to Georgetown and maybe getting that rematch with Salino. So mm -hmm. there should be the top team in, re, you know, for four, a region one, uh, I think they're, but they got some contenders that they'll have to worry, you know, worry about like Lorena and Salado. But I think Steve is going to be the top program there. Uh, Frisco Reedy is like a, an up and comer. They're, they're they're starting to make a, their mark. You know, I know Wakeland gets the attention, but 
keep an eye on them. They, 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 this could be their breakout year for them. They're in the Dallas area. 13 at Far Mound, uh, another great program, just kind of like mm-hmm. Marcus. Right. You know, right. you know that's gonna, they're going to be toe to toe. Those two teams are going to be fighting out for that district title. Like I said, that that district's like the group of death. You know, you know they're they're going like to say it's a playoff game into that district that they're in, and you know they're always a, a contender to get into the regional regional finals, even the state tournament. And then another great another great program, city program, called the Heritage. Like I said, they'll see if they can bounce back and make another run. And then another great team last year that had a great season, and I'm sure anticipating because I saw their score last night, uh, San Antonio Taft. Uh, great program. Um, they returned a lot of returning lettermen. I don't know, lost maybe a couple key players, but um, one thing, one of the returns, their goalkeeper, their goalkeeper, she's dynamite. You know, and that's that kind of that's your foundation right there to mm-hmm. build a great program. And then so keep an eye on there on tap. I know they had a little sour taste last year losing in that regional semifinal. And you know, this year maybe could be the year that they finally break through and get get to Georgetown. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's a you know, that's a that's a heck of a final five there to round out our top fifteen. Yeah, and Steven <coughs> will I think yeah, Steven will definitely be what they're gonna be one of those few that can truly test Salina, right? Uh to what extent we'll see, we'll find out. But um, and you got Frisco Reedy, Flower Mound. These are this is kind of the uh, the usual suspects group, right? Uh, and uh, you know, Colleyville Heritage just kind of always in the mix, always in the conversation. And then you have Taft, right? San Antonio Taft, who you know they could potentially be staring at a his, you know, that as they made history last year, right? Um, can they top that and go further? Could this be their kind of an all time, an all time historic season? And Kind of, the logic tells you they so they have they have the talent they have the skill they have the numbers they have the returning the returning letter winners um well coached N- now they got to get it done and they're gonna you know in that particular district too they're gonna have to hold off a very strong and evolving uh o'connor san antonio o'connor program as mm-hmm. well so how do they you know so that'll that's going to give us a great matchup as well to battle ballot it out for that tournament and, uh, and then we wrap up. So that's our top 15. Now let's take a look at, Coach, what you have designated as what would be your next five in. Yeah, so these are kind of our next five in. My honorable mention, like I said, there are just so many great teams in um, to kind of put in. And I know there's some that maybe, you know, it was it was, it was, it was tough to get in there. But my next five in, I have Katie Samuels Lakes, uh, one of the great programs there in the Houston area. Uh, can they do the same thing like what the what the boys did last year? Like I said, just keep an eye on them. Another great program is San Antonio Johnson. They really uh, made a run last year. They've had some couple big, big wins also in the playoffs the last two years. Um, maybe they're the ones that cha- maybe challenge like Taft or maybe like a Lake Travis or or one of the Ron Rock teams, you know, like Westwood or Ron Rock High. So keep an eye on them. I think they're probably going to be their favorites in their district. Um, the next in 4A is Davenport. Uh, Davenport, you know, in that tough district with not only Bernie High, but also with Wimberley. Uh, they made it to the regional final last year, just fell a little short, but they do return some uh, uh, majority of their squad. So they said so they could be the favorite this year, and they finally maybe get through and get to Georgetown this year. Um, another great program is Rock, Rock, which got to see last year. Great, pro, you know, great team. Tough district. They're battle tested. Like I said, I can see them making another run. And then 
Uh, uh, the last last one is Bridgeland. Bridgeland's like oh, so they're starting to establish themselves as a great soccer program there in that you know in their in the Houston area. Uh, mm-hmm. keep, you know, keep an eye on them in Region Three. Like I said, they can challenge you know Simon Lakes there to try to get to you know to to Georgetown. Right. Yeah. Great group. Great group. You know, Katie Seven Lakes will definitely be in the mix. You know, they got to replace Maddie Rich in goal amongst a few other that they graduated, but I think they'll be. Yeah, I think they'll be. I think they'll be there definitely in the mix. Johnson, although there's been a lot of talk about San Antonio Johnson going into this year in that brutal 28-6A, right, that mm-hmm. we know we know locally here. Davenport will be an interesting one just because, you know, how do they respond to – they got a new coach, first-year coach. You know, Coach Morrison is no longer there. Uh, he's moved on. So how do they how do they respond in addition to some of the talent that they graduated, right, in a, making it to a regional final, to losing to eventually – you know, to a fellow district foe in Bernie. Um, how do they how do they adjust? How do they adapt to a, new, a first year coach there? Um, that'll be the interesting one with Davenport. And then, yeah, Round Rock and Bridgeland just becoming, you know, Round Rock, very talented. And Bridgeland is definitely starting to become a staple out of that that region three area. So well done. Good stuff. And so now we move on. That's going to do it for the girls side. We move over to the boys side here. So, again, our, our initial RPI here uh, for December 30th, 2023. Let's take a look at these first five here, Coach. So we got the defending state champs, Katie Seven Lakes. Uh, like I said, they're going to have a big target on the back, but well coached. Uh, then they're going to make another run, make another appearance there from, from Region 3. <coughs> Number two, uh, Frisco and Lone Star. Um, they finally got the jump, you know, they got finally got the monkey off their back, knocking off Wakeland and, and making that run and uh, they had they had they had they had a fight for that you know to get the, the the state title this past year but they you know they got it. Um, uh, I'm sure they're going to have that target on the back and like I said it's going to be a battle between them and as I said Wakeland and also mm-hmm. Reedy too because Reedy made a made a run. Uh, so it's always it's going to be a fun district play, when when it gets to district play for them. Uh, number three, Allen. Like I said, Allen's great great program. Uh, is this the finally the year for them that you know they they lift the trophy there for six A. Uh, number four is, has been pretty much the staple for four A boys soccer is Palestine. You know, uh, Palestine's been the, a consistent you know team. You know, always going to you know get to Georgetown. Fell a little short. I thought really I thought they were going to be lifting the trophy. You know, one possibly you know with yeah. Bernie getting knocked out, I thought they'd be probably like the second favorite to win the trophy, but they fell short. You know, can they use that as you know motivation to get back and mm-hmm. and, and to get the job done? And then number five, another another staple from the Houston area is the Woodlands. You know, they had some big wins last year, and you know, can they piece it together this year? I know they're hosting the Kilt Cup, and I think they're going to be playing also in the Austin uh, Lakes uh, Showcase. So they're they're going to be battle tested though, and they'll be ready mm-hmm. to go out Region Three. Yeah, yeah, four of these five in in, in the top <laughs> five here. Are uh, come back, come back, entered this year, having just made it to to the state tournament last year, including state champions in in Katie Seven Lakes and Frisco Lone Star. Be curious to see um, more to come on Katie Seven Lakes later, um, but I will be curious to see with Frisco Lone Star. Given you know they make a make an incredible run, uh, they're able to able to dethrone Wakeland, and then in the middle of that, just make, make a great run in the state tournament and just really how they played, how they just competed against 
El Paso Bel Air in the state championship game, I think was kind of an eye opener for a lot of people. Um, so how do they follow that up? And given just the nature of the district that they play in as well, how competitive it is as well, how do they adjust to that? So, all right, let's take a look at six through 10 here, coach. So six to the and I have, well, uh, uh, 5A uh, finalists, El Paso Bel Air, uh, probably, you know, the uh, premier program, one of the two of the premier programs in the El Paso area, just fell a game short. You know, I, I thought maybe they were going to pull it off. Uh, just like I said, I think they'll bounce back this year. I think they'll make another great run. Um, I know they'll have some challenges, you know, coming in, especially in that region. But you, you could see them get back to Georgetown. And then the number seven is Frisco Wakeland. You know, mm-hmm. they've been the, the you know, they, they always have uh, their, the hotels reserved for Georgetown every year. So. El Cucuy, man. Um, Frisco Wakeland is yeah. El Cucuy. Dude, they're just yeah, all they're, Man, you just – everybody fears them. They, you know they're going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're the boogeyman of, of 5A soccer. And they feel a little short, you know. Uh, Lone Star was finally def- able to figure them out. And – but you know, Fresco Wakeland has that bad taste in their mouth, and you know they're gonna right. want. You right. know, I'm looking forward for that when they when they meet up in district play, and you know, I, I expect them to make another deep run into the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised to be a Wakeland Lone Star regional final. Uh, another great, another program, established program, Capel. Uh, Capel, so yeah. Capel's gonna. What can you say about them? They they're gonna hopefully make see if they can get probably get through and get back to Georgetown. You know, it's been a while since they've been there. And I think this year they have a good opportunity. And then uh, another program from the Houston area that's has made some noise the last two years is Pasadena mm-hmm. Dolby. You know, I know last year they fell short with Seven Lakes, uh, but I, I think they've they've really established as building a great program there. And now can they take that next step? Can they, you know, knock off, you know, uh, like the Seven Lakes, you know, and and get to you know get to Georgetown. So you know, keep an eye on them because they're they're a fun team to watch. And then number ten, uh, who I actually had my number as my number one pound for pound for San Antonio area rankings. So my RPIs for San Antonio for the roundtable. Did you did San you Antonio have them South. as one? Did you have them yep, as one? I had them as one. Yeah, I had them as one. Yeah, they they they've really have have established themselves really well as far as their program. And I think they've done some things. They've made some changes to kind of to step mm-hmm. it up. And last year, I know they made a, a great run. They just fell a little short to uh, against Sherryland. And I know Sherryland surprised a lot of teams. Right. Um, but I think this year, I think they have the pieces and, uh, and to get back not only to the regionals, but is this the year for them to finally <laughs> win the, you know, re, uh, re, win region four and get, and get to, to the final four there in Georgetown. Yeah, six through ten, just an interesting group, right? Just obviously three just powerhouses in, in Bel Air. We t- I just talked about it. They just called Wakeland El Cucuy, right? Because it's just that's someone you do not want to see because they're they got reservations for Georgetown, Capel, a historic program, right? But nine and ten are the ones that intrigue me really in this entire list, right? <coughs> Dobie's a group, Pasadena Dobie, just trending upward and just starting to get a lot of momentum, right? Could this be a serious breakthrough year for them? And then South, and, and we can kind of say the same thing locally, right? Those of us locally that know, you can kind of say the same thing for Southwest, San Antonio Southwest as well. So, all right, let's go ahead. We look at our final five in your top 15 here, Coach, 11 through 15. So 11 through 15, so I have probably a contender 
um, in region four for five A that probably may challenge Southwest. And actually, they recently played on a scrimmage. Oh, it was just a scrimmage. I know they tied two to two. It's Brownsville Porter. Like I said, they've been a state champ in the past. Mm-hmm. Very established program there. They're in Brownsville. Um, I'm sure they're going to make another run this year. Uh, number twelve, I have Salina. Uh, I know they fell short last year. I think this year, can they match what the girls have done? Uh, I think they have a good chance there in, in, in Region 2 to, you know, maybe to also challenge Palestine to get to Georgetown. Uh, 13, Midlothian, just like the girls, the boys programs have also done a great job too as well. Uh, 14, the uh, El Paso Eastlake. Uh, we've had some high hopes of them the last two years, and they've just kind of felt, you know, a little game short, you know, um, you know, is this the year that they kind of get it, piece it together? They can make another, make a deep run, and finally kind of get over the hump with that from those Dallas area teams, and, you know, and get to the Final Four. And then at 15, the surprise last year, Rosario de Vera. Um, I know they, they made it to the regional final, but they had some big wins on, on the way. Like, uh, we were there; they knocked off Lee. They really controlled that game, and mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of accept the pace and, you know, it just fell short to a really good, talented Dripping Springs team. Uh, they're going to be, like I said, for them, Browns or Valdo. I think that's another team to watch from the Valley for 6A, so keep an eye on them. Yeah. And so really, yeah. really good last five group of, of right. teams. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about the Brownsville squad, <laughs> right, Porter and Juveta. How does Juveta follow that up? Porter, to be expected, <laughs> right, to be expected there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Midlothian surging. East Lakes kind of, yeah, I guess you can kind of say they, I know by their own expectations, they fell short probably the last two years, but they'll, they'll be back. And then Cody will have Salina. I think he's kind of a, a little bit of a surprise. I'm not going to call it a down year, but just, they didn't, they didn't really kind of burst onto the scene the way I think a lot of people were thinking, but Cody will have, he'll have Salina back this year i have no doubt so all right so that does it for our top 15 now we look at our what would be our next five in into the uh, rpi top 15 go ahead coach let's cover these last five here or these next five in i should say so that's yeah next five for a little honorable mention there's um frisco reedy they've you know they've the, the boogeyman um you know reedy's been kind of like the thorn of the side for both Lone Star and Wakeland, you know, and they always give um, each team a game. Um, could this be their year to finally knock both of them off and, and get to, you know, to Georgetown? So yeah, keep it, like I mentioned, keep it on them. Number two, I have Hidalgo, the, the reigning 4A champs, you know, they were able to knock off Bernie and made a great run. Um, we'll see how things are now like, as far as with the graduation and then also you know now they have a, a permanent change in their coach you know can they defend their title i know there's other teams on there and i know especially they're in region four for 40 boys um you know they're gonna have a challenge there uh, another team is brandeis a great a great squad i know they fell yesterday but i know they were missing a couple players but uh keep an eye on them i think they're one of the favorites in that you know that district uh 28, 26A, um, Senna El they've been the kind of like the class act for 4A soccer there in, in the El Paso area. Like mm-hmm. I said, they've make deep runs every year. You know, can can they kind of get it together again and make another one? And then another up and comer from you know from that 28-6A is San Antonio Johnson. Uh, like I said, I, they returned a, a great squad. Another full short last year. 
but they have a lot of the building blocks, key pieces there to you know make that run. I know they're kind of the tougher end of the bracket as far as in the playoffs, but if they can knock off some of those quality teams, especially from the Austin area, you know, I wouldn't be surprised they get to to that regional tournament and maybe even get into to state. Yeah. Yeah, Reedy, you're gonna you got, you have a defending state champion in Hidalgo there in Sanelli. You know, Sanelli's just been, <coughs> yeah, just I mean, so well coached. Just the culture, the cult there. It's just it's a machine at this point, right? So they're kind of they're really honestly one of those I consider them one of the staples in terms of, or the like the standards in terms of culture example within a program. So Max Sapin Sevenfield's done such a great job there. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I'm kind of curious, a little interesting with Brandeis. You have Brandeis ahead of Johnson. Um, it's a little interesting one, right? Because a lot of people are going back and forth in 28 6 mm-hmm. with those two in particular. Um, maybe your Brandeis ahead of Johnson here is maybe it's influenced by Frank Court, right? It's calling his shot earlier in another episode, <laughs> right? On Brandeis. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people seem very high. Brandeis, it seems to be, I just get multiple. Again, multiple f- different types of feedback on them. Mm-hmm. I seem to get the same feedback on Johnson. So yeah, in in an incredible twenty eight six A, this is gonna it's gonna be a great great matchup. Yeah, those two teams are gonna be kind of neck and neck, you know. But mm-hmm. they also you said they got other contenders in that district too. So right, they do right. have to keep an eye. On their, yeah, they got Lee and they still got Reagan to keep an eye on, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, so. It's a bar burner of a district for you know for that. So you know even last year was kind of a little. It, it kind of came down to the last games that finally kind of determined who won the district title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. And then and so that's going to do it for our our both our men's and women's RPI. So again, our Rafa Power Index first one of the season. This will be fluid, so we will pretty much air this one every uh, every episode of Inside Texas High School Soccer. So. Um, give us give us feedback. Give us input on this as well. I know Rafa's always Rafa's always open to it as well. And then just any additional information, not in terms of arguing. It's like, hey, how come you left us off? But maybe you know, so and so may not be playing for a certain squad this year, or maybe someone played a particular result and they were. That's always the case, right? Someone's someone's not there. Someone's injured. Someone's missing. Um, or, you know, someone's sick. There's all, there's, we understand that. We understand that for sure. And we always have, we always try to factor that in, but when you're also doing, um, these particular type of, you know, this, uh, the power index here, it's kind of hard to always get your arms around all of that information for all these squads across the state. So well done, Rafa. And we are, we're going to transition here to our final segment here. So our 2023 champions review. So this is an interesting one. We introduced it last year. And one of the things that we do here, as you see down on the bottom of your screen, for those of you that are watching, is we essentially look at our uh, our champions from last year, and then we kind of dissect them a little bit in terms of just thoughts, expectations, and then uh, more emphasis on who's most likely to repeat, less emphasis on who's least likely to repeat. Uh, but Rafa, go ahead, give us your thoughts. We'll start with 4A. So. Yeah, with 4A, I, I think Salina will repeat. I think they get the three-peat. Um, I know last year I did it with the Bernie boys. So I thought they were going to – hopefully I don't get Jinx Salina this year. But I, I, I just, you know, I just don't – I don't know. I don't see anybody, you know, contending against them. They're just – there's such a deep team, deep talent. 
Um, they're, they just built a great culture, soccer culture there in Salina. Um, and, you know, you know, you have some, you know, like I said, you have some contenders, like a, you have a Stephenville. And maybe you have, you know, a Lerberton, um, maybe a Bay City or Lorena. Um, I mean, here in our end, America of the Woods, the Cabernet or Davenport, Wimberley. But overall, I think Salina is just on the class of zone right, right now. And I think they're most likely going to 3 for the women for 4A girls. 4A boys, I think there's going to be a new champion this year. Mm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see Hidalgo repeating this year. Uh, I think the one team that maybe will lock them out here for 4A, Region 4, I think Bernie's going to get revenge on them. I, I think just keep it, you know, Coach Strong, I think him and that squad are going to are gonna be really motivated to really, you know, and I, they, I think they might be facing each other. I think I know usually they go to a tournament down there. Yeah. You know, yeah. down there, like a little showcase there. So we'll see if they do meet up. Um, and then also that can see Dalwa has some contenders on there, like Progreso's got a great squad too. And uh, so, but then, you know, right. The one who said, we'll, we'll, we'll find out to see if, you know, Palestine's always in the mix. Um, we also had in the last few years, like John, Diamond Hill Jarvis has been a great program. So Ellie, um, yeah. you know, even the Lumberton boys too. So, yeah. so you got some, I think this one, you, you're going to have, you have a lot of contenders that can pretty much win, win the, the 4 a boys I, yeah, I think you know. I'll start with the start with the men's side here. Four A. I think four A is wide open, honestly. On on the men's side, um, that's and that's no disrespect to Hidalgo. I know. Um, congratulations to them. Uh, obviously, they're going through. They've gone through a an official coaching change as well. <coughs> but um, but yeah, I think you just you have who's this one is kind of who can separate, right? It's going to take who separates themselves uh, over the course of district play has momentum, who can stay healthy as we go into the uh, the state tournament, and then who really starts to separate themselves over the course of each round in the state tournament and just really finds that next gear, right? And then as we all know, right, regardless of classification, sometimes how the bracket plays out for you, uh, where you land, and then sometimes an upset here or there happens along the way, all of these things play factors. So, um, yeah, and then we look at, the the women's side salina yeah it's it's salina versus the field is essentially what it is here um looking for a three-peat all indications are you know phenomenal talent well coached great culture and it's just can they the big thing becomes is the does the weight of the weight of the expectation to three-peat right because you're you're just you're kind of expected to um does that kind of start to wear on them over the course of the season and the question really is, you know, who who stands as a legitimate foe to knock them off? Um, I know Stephenville, as we mentioned, will, will be will have something to say amongst others. So that'll be the interesting one at four A. All right, so let's move on. Let's look at five A. So five A, I think five A girls. They'll be, I think they'll be a new champion. Um, no disrespect to Grapevine. They've they've been consistent. Like I said, Grapevine's been consistent. They've. Mm -hmm. you know, They've been getting to Georgetown. They were knocking on the door. Yeah, it took them a yeah, while. Yeah, they were knocking. But they were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think this year, you know, you have like the teams like Midlothian and um, even, um, you know, so, so, some of the the five A K, you know, the five A Katie teams like the ladies from Wakeland. Those are gonna, you know, they're gonna be your contenders. Um, 
you know, out, you know, you know, in the Houston area team, you got some, you know, you got the Kingwood Parks. So it's, you know, your, you know, uh, what's it called? I'm trying to date uh, your Friendswoods. Yeah. Uh, but even how, even here in region four, too, you got your Smithson Valleys, you know, so it's, it's, I think this one's wide open. I think anybody could, could, you know, you get hot at the right time, get up winning this thing. Oh, and then also Georgetown, you know, we forget about, yeah. you know, Georgetown, this could be their year to finally lift the trophy in their own, in their, in their backyard. So, uh, so I think this one's going to be wide open. I think even five, eight boys is going to be wide open. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lone Star's got the now that got that target in the back, and now they're gonna know how it feels. You know what Wakeland's been feeling the last few years, and you know Wakeland's Wakeland Reedy's gonna be up, but then you have you have Bel Air. You know, Bel Air has that little sour taste in their mouth and yeah. uh, falling short. Um, here, here in Region Region Four, you know, you got the you know you got Porter, you got you know. You got Sherryland, you got the Southwest, you know, you got mm-hmm. some contenders, you know, Alamo Heights, you got some t- contenders here too. Yeah. So that, I oh, think yeah. that's going to be wide open here for 5A. Yeah. You know, you look at 5A, <clears throat> the women's soccer side will be interesting just because Grapevine, I think Grapevine is definitely going to be there, right? Going to be in the mix just off of just not only talent and coaching, but also, again, the culture, right? They're just, that's an expectation of them now to be, be playing in in the regional final and and forward right so um <clears throat> how do they respond now that the monkey's been lifted off the back off their back and they win a state title you know are they as hungry that's kind of one of the questions with them and then lone star you know the frisco district right if you can survive that district there's a good chance right that you you're going to break through you're going to make a deep run and and quite probably make you know be there in georgetown um, Lone Star bro- breaks through last year, has a phenomenal run in the state tournament, ends up winning state championship. How do they follow that up? Right. That'll be an interesting one for sure. But yeah, I think when you look at 5A on both sides, nothing, it's not a not a knock on Grapevine or Lone Star whatsoever. I think it's just more uh it speaks volumes of the level, the depth of talent in 5A on both sides, right? On both sides of the house. Um, it's, you can make that argument that it is very, very much open, right? Very much open because there's just so much talent, so many good squads across multiple districts in multiple regions that it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for sure. Mm-hmm. So, all right. And we move on to our final classification in 6A. Go ahead, coach. So 6A, uh, girls, I think that one's wide open too, because it's like the same thing with the 5A. You got so many great squads. Um, you know, can Wiley East finally get get you know get the job done? You know, and and they lift the trophy, but then you got other other great teams like the Katie Seven Lakes girls. You know, down in the Houston area, you have teams here in San Antonio area or like like a Lake Travis or don't forget Dripping Springs girls too. Keep an eye on them. You know, they can make a run. You know, uh, you got the Round Rock teams, and then out in Region One, you know, you have some great teams. You know, Far Mount Marcus has to contend with you know. You know, with Allen, with uh, Flowermount, uh, Capel, uh, South Lake Carroll. So it, it's a like I said, this this is very deep as well. You, you can't really pinpoint who's going to be. Maybe last year we, you know, there was one that you know does very deep team. I know they fell a little short, you know, but this year you, there's really not a favorite. I think it's a wide open, uh, you know, here uh, space for the who's going to win the 
state title for the state girls. And then for the boys, um, you know, seven. I think seven legs will get back. Will get back. I think. I think they have a great opportunity to get back. I think they can win region three, but they got some. They got some contenders like Adobe Tompkins. You know, Tompkins made a great run last year. Um, and then you have your, like I said, your Dallas area teams. You know, same thing like the boys side, like the Capel boys, Allen, um, you know, your McKinney's. You know, so it's. It's going to be, you know, and also maybe out west, maybe East Lake kind of, kind of finally gets together, they get in, and then, you know, Region Four is also stacked too. We got about, you probably have like six, seven teams deep here in Region Four for six A, mm-hmm. that can, you know, represent and get into, you know, the state tournament. Like you, you saw, like Travis win it two years ago, so, you know, we, we could see another team from this area maybe get that trophy back here for Region Four. Yeah, yeah, and you know, six A. Yeah, 6A is an interesting one from the standpoint of when I look at the women's side, uh, Flower Marcus, how do they follow that up, right? And they had a, and their coach as well, first year coach. And so they'll be well coached, they'll be prepared. Um, but it's tough just surviving, right? Surviving that district, surviving that area, that region. Um, it's a tough one for sure. One, I, I think one program I really want to highlight that I really want to mention to keep your eye on on the 6A women's side will be will be Lake Travis this year. Um, I think, you know, I, I think they're going to be they're just they're going to be loaded. They're going to be stacked in a, playing in a tough district. But I think just keep an eye on them. I think well, well coached, ready and just the amount of talent that they have coming in as well. I think is this potentially a break, a big, huge breakthrough year for them? We shall see. And then on the men's side, you know, Katie Seven Lakes. When I look at all these champions, and and we've already talked about Salina, right? <clears throat> and where it's them versus the field in four A on the women's side. But when we look at six A men's side and Katie Seven Lakes, I, th- I know <laughs> Jimmy Kruger will love me saying this, but I think of these six defending state champions, Katie Seven Lakes is my lock to return to Georgetown and to win, win state, just based upon the number of conversations that I've had, multiple people, the insight in terms of what they have coming back, what they have joining the program, they, they are going to be, all indications are that they may be better than last year's state, uh, state championship team. Obviously you still got to play the games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they'll be well, they'll be well coached. They'll have that, experience it's not the monkey off their back in terms of a state title it's now the lessons learned for making that run to state as well so i know um jimmy will have them ready coach kruger will have them ready um so i think of the six they are my lock to uh to get back to georgetown and win and repeat as a state champion this year thoughts on that yeah especially them being in that you know region three uh, they've really kind of separate, kind of separated themselves from some of the other teams, but they are in a very tough district. That Katie district mm-hmm. does oh, yeah. get them prepared. Like mm-hmm. I said, I mentioned about Tompkins. They they got a great squad. Um, you, you know, they they, they could challenge. They could be the one that challenged them. I think Jordan could be another squad. They you know they did some damage the year before in five A. Um, so it's always a playoff game in that district. And then, but then you also have other contenders like Ailey Felsick. You know, they're in that region too. Um, yeah. you know, they, they so seven legs is going to have that target on their back. Um, and, it was, and I'm not sure if they are going to that oscillate, uh, uh, 
sure. I think that last year they did go to the Austin Lakes showcase. I think, I think that they might be going again this year. Right. We'll see how, how they, I think that showcase themselves really uh, kind of show what this team was going was going to do later on, you know, in the playoffs. Cause they really beat when some big, you know, they won a couple of great, great, had some great wins with mm-hmm. some quality teams. So I think, you can use that a little bit as a measuring stick where they're at, even though it's still early on, but that'll give an indicator what you know what the direction of this team's gonna be at. But I still see I still see them as a favorite out of region three and then getting back to you know, getting back to Georgetown and and defending their title. Excuse me. And that does it. That'll do it for our both our RPI, our debut of the 2023-2024 RPI rankings, the Rafa Power Index, and as well as a look back. A look back and kind of a look ahead, I guess, if you will, of our 2023 champions review. <laughs> Great job on that stuff, coach. And we start to wrap up here. Um, one more one more segment here, and then we wrap up. Thoughts, coach, on you look back on last season, right? The 2022-2023 season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe what are one or two of your best Texas high school soccer memories of last season? You look back as we because obviously we're wrapping up here. It's our final. Final episode of the podcast as a whole for 2023. Definitely the final, you know, final episode of Inside Texas High School Soccer for 2023 as well. So when you look back at last season, what are maybe one or two of your best Texas high school soccer memories? I think one is the the not most same mostly on the field, but also I think the promotion side of, of things. I'm seeing teams more promoting themselves, putting mm-hmm. them out there like you know, some are now using Gipper to, you know, kind of promote the teams with some of the posters, the, the social media. I think that's the big thing. Um, see, you know, showcasing their, their, their players, you know, the programs, uh, especially like uh, Bay City. I love Bay City. So that's probably the <laughs> yeah. most memorable stuff, for some of the stuff they do. So shout, shout out to them. Um, and then also the, uh, you know, we're starting to see better of attendance, especially on the state, uh, the state final for the coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more people are going to those, um, you know, the supports getting there. I think it's a lot, you know, especially so, you know, kind of looking back, you know, when I coached mm-hmm. high school, I can see there's a big difference as far as the, the, you know, the, you know, just the, the support, the people out there watching the games and so forth, you know, the involvement of, you know, look at the, what they're doing there in Allen, look at the, you know, with the, you know, the support and the, the uh, parents helping out, setting up these, these tournaments and showcases. I think there's, I think that's the big, I think those are the two big highlights of this past year. Now, you know, I guess those, you know, even though they're not on the field stuff, but I think that's yeah. the big thing. And I think that's helping things make things a lot better. You know, my, my biggest thing is hopefully get, see as far as like the better coverage, as far as, I know last year we saw a lot of the games on the NFHS network. I like to see them be featured on Fox, you know, the, the Valley Sports. You know, put the put the state, you know, final games on TV. I, I think they really those kids really deserve to be on TV, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a national network. You know, even though it's a regional network, you know, they did with the high school football. I think right. they should do the same thing with the with the soccer programs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think as long as we keep doing this as independent media, I'll collect you know individually and collectively. I think we have we have a ways to go still, but uh, I think as long as we keep pushing that envelope and keep supporting 
and you know the support of from the coaches and the booster clubs and the players themselves and the parents and that's how we continue to push the envelope right we as we said before right we we understand we're in texas right and we understand in terms of in relation to high school football we get that but doesn't mean soccer can't uh can't want can't ask can't expect for a bigger piece of the pie as well so um do I think we're on the right track? Yes. Do I think we still have a long way to go as it, as it, as it relates to that? Absolutely. But I think we have to also not, not sell ourselves short, right. As a community, as a Texas high school soccer community, for sure. So, all right. Um, yeah, I think for me in terms of, um, Texas high school soccer, there's so many, obviously just interviewing so many people, talking to so many people, being at the convention once again this year and just phenomenal guests and, you know, big, big thank you uh, to Tasco as well for, for invite and for having us as their special guest, letting the podcast be there, all the great coaches, the accessibility of the coaches, the coaches who, who get it, who want to, you know, champion their programs, advocate for their athletes and understand their, their role in terms of within their community, within their programs, within their communities, but then what we're also trying to do as a whole, as a community, as a Texas high school soccer community, their role as, as coaches, right, within within our sport and what we're trying to do here. So, um, and as we said, Texas high school soccer is, it's different and that's a good thing, right? It's a good kind of different. It's just different. And uh, we continue to see that growth happening. So I'm grateful for that. And um, I guess my other real big, her memory it's a personal one right is making that jump making that leap from from the private school side coming back to the public side coming back to the uil side and uh the all the changes and updates and everything the transformation of you know my new squad and you know my girls program who i love to death and who i'm so lucky to be able to coach um or you know my my administrators there my athletic you know athletic coordinator assistant athletic coordinator assistant coaches all are all our coaches there at, at MacArthur, San Antonio MacArthur High School, phenomenal coaches as well. So grateful, lucky to be a part of that. So yeah, those are some of just some of the great personal Texas high school related memories for me as well. So thank you to all. And as we wrap up here, coach, final thoughts on our final episode for 2023. Obviously, we'll be back with another episode early in uh, in January. But this is going to do it for our final episode of 20, 2023. Final thoughts and stoppage time, Coach. What do you got? Well, well, first, congratulations on your first official win at MAC. This <laughs> against Memorial. So congratulations. <laughs> right. Thank, um, you. Thank you. All right. Give uh, myself. I don't know. The, yeah. I don't know. If the girls did the Gatorade bath and all that. There. No, man. They'd probably take me, knock me out in the process, and I'd get the. Uh, Gatorade jug across my head, and then I'd be out for like two weeks with a concussion. So yeah, don't give them any ideas. Don't give them any or mess up that, that nice little white little jacket. Uh, <laughs> that's a snazzy little jacket there. Yeah, they um, do me like. Uh, did you see how they did, Coach uh, Jeff Trailer from uh, UTSA football? With the coffee. Coach, the co <laughs> his comments afterwards they were hilarious. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but like congratulations again again on your first one. And then uh, like I said, looking back at 2023, I mean, what what can you say about it? It was a great year. Um, we had some great teams, make some great runs and some great stories, talking to a lot of great coaches. And we look forward to, you know, doing it again here in 2024 and also covering games. Also, I know I know with Steve, we're looking forward to covering some games live. Uh, so keep an eye on that. So we'll do some live streams and um mm -hmm. 
with some commentating there and just uh ex- i guess uh, just the excitement you know of this season you know kind of the unpredictability you know for some of the classifications but it should be fun so right um i'm, I'm glad that this this pro uh this this program's you know this, this program of soccer here in the state of texas is well, now it's getting its due as far as the coverage and so forth. And I've had to, I got a comment today this morning from our my other page, um, you know, as far as like trying to get scores and all that. And say, hey, we're we're trying to change that. You know, we're trying to get get that out there so it's accessible to the you know to the fans. And mm-hmm. we look we look forward to you know we we want to like I said we want to give the best quality. You know, using our like our backgrounds and coaching all that. We want to give the best quality. You know, to you know, to this sport and and, and present it and present it well too, mm-hmm. for, you know, for yeah. all the fans out there. Yeah, and I lied. I got to go back real quick. Well, I, I shouldn't say I lied. I <clears throat> one piece when I we talked about our best Texas high school soccer memories of 2023. Some of them have to be some of the uh, the coverage and radio, the radio play by play that you and I got to do. Um, mm-hmm. Great, I mean, great stories about that, right? Steve hit on it in our last episode. Right. Or our no, I'm sorry, not our last episode, but our, our uh, three year anniversary episode mm-hmm. of being being stuck in a in a rain delay for like two and a half hours. <laughs> right. But uh, just being able to do that. Love that and appreciate that. Appreciate you. But uh, final thoughts for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's so many so many people to thank so many people to be grateful for. And um, I know I'm not going to hit on everybody, so I apologize in advance. But. I just and I don't want it to turn into the uh, the Academy Awards like wrap it up you know got to play the music at the end so make it quick but just thankful to so many but start with with my family start with my wife my unbelievable wife just gives so much support does does a lot of things um, as a member of the podcast team as well just in support of me in support of our podcast team and uh, just so gracious and sacrifices a lot and uh, is in addition to me being an educator and a coach and everything we're doing with the podcast so so incredibly grateful to her and uh, i love her so much thank you um our you know our podcast team right how much it's grown from you rafa and then of course we talk about steve harry and now we had you know frank the work that frank has done in such a short time as the rookie as we as we dub him right the rookie um, the newsletter, if you have not subscribed to the 5050 podcast newsletter, you need to, cause it is, first of all, it's free and it's great information. It's great information. It's phenomenal information. Some people, parents, student athletes who are just entering or considering the recruiting process, want to get more information, how to, as it relates to film, as it relates to communicating with coaches, as it relates to, Hey, what should I be asking coaches when I communicate coaches? Um, all of that and where we're going, where we're trending with the newsletter. Frank has done phenomenal work. Um, in 2024, the website will be launching. We just don't know when yet. Um, but yeah, so grateful for him. Steve, yesterday, who was out there covering, I think he w- attended about 17 games in a span of four hours, I think, <laughs> yesterday. Um, so grateful, grateful to Steve O as well. And then, Harry, the work you do behind the scenes with the data. It, particularly when we do our, you know, our joint, you know, our partnership, uh, our partnership right. broadcasts oh, yeah. with uh, with the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable, and then our our seventeen hour long episodes of Bracketology, right? Um, which uh, we'll see how we pull that one off this year. Um, but um, but yeah, I'm grateful grateful to all of you, but most of all, grateful to 
our supporters, our listeners, you know, from our coaches, our fellow coaches, the college coaches that come on here, their support, the high school coaches, high school coaches of different sports, right, that come on here or that support us behind the scenes as well. Um, our community, our parents, our student athletes, you all, we always say it, that you all are the reason why we do it. It can sound corny, it can sound cheesy, but why we always hit on it is so that we never we never forget our why, right? The whole reason why we're here. And it's to support you all. It's to support this great game. It's to grow this game. And uh, just with, with great intentions. So thank you to all. We wish you the absolute best. Uh, again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, a Happy New Year. Be extra, extra safe. We expect to see everybody back on uh, Jan January 1st, January 2nd. And uh, as everybody starts to go back, uh, go back to school as well. So that's going to do it. Um, thank you again, Rafa, to you personally as well. You do these with me. And uh, I know you're kind of still battling a little under the weather. And uh, the great ones play hurt, man, as they say, right? So yeah. I appreciate you. Appreciate you being here, right? So thankful to so many. Grateful for all of you. Looking forward to a special 2024. And um, yeah, just thank you. So until the next time, you know what to do. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by National Scouting Report. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.